Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 102-113 loss to the Bucks in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks come out with great energy in the first half, but are unable to put the Bucks away as the Bucks get a huge fourth quarter from Chris Middleton and get a 2-1 series lead in the Conference Finals. Without further ado, let's get into it. First things first, Trey Young got an MRI on his ankle. Nate McMillan said that the Hawks will decide whether Trey will go for Game 4 on Tuesday. He said the biggest decision was if the medical staff would be able to say that Trey could play and that by playing, Trey wouldn't hurt himself any further. So we will get an update on whether Trey Young is playing in Game 4 on Tuesday. Of course, the Hawks are playing the Bucks for Game 4. The Bucks now lead 2-1. Um, On Tuesday, the Hawks will be wearing their MLK jerseys, so hopefully once again they can get a really good performance out of that. But let's get back to Game 3, and the Hawks came back, and they responded exactly how you would want them to after that just dismantling in Game 2. But the Hawks came out, and they opened the game on a 15-2 run to start the game. They had everything working. Their defense was extremely effective, and it would help them get seven fast-break points as Brad Rowland of the Petrie Hoops pointed out that would be the only fast break points the Hawks had the entire game but the Hawks were getting into passing lanes doing a much better job on the Chris Middleton and Giannis pick and roll that's where uh, a couple of those steals came from and the Hawks built a huge lead they were up as many as 15 points in the first quarter and then the bench came in and the Bucks were able to trim that lead all the way down to five there was a big bummer that the Hawks were only up 32 to 27 at the end of the first quarter. But again, the huge response from the Hawks. I thought they did everything right that you wanted to do to start game three. Now in the second quarter, the Hawks would open with a 5-0 run. The Bucks would immediately respond with their own 5-0 run and would close the quarter, uh, getting all the way back into this game and tying the game at 56 going into halftime. And again, it was a little bit of a disappointment. The Hawks have been playing so well, shooting the ball so well, and yet the Bucks were able to just kind of chip away, chip away, and stay in this game. Um, in the third quarter, the Hawks would ha- take a two-point lead. They would win the quarter 29-27. to That's, of course, where Trey Young stepped on an official's foot and rolled his ankle. He would go into the locker room. He would return and play in the fourth quarter, but would not be anywhere near as effective as he was. But the Hawks used a nice 9-2 run to start the third quarter to build that lead. And despite a 7-0 run at the end of the third that gave the Bucks the first lead of the game, the Hawks were able to respond right back uh, immediately and take a two-point lead into the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, the Hawks came out, built a lead, 10-2 run, and then from that point on, it was all Bucks. Uh, Chris Middleton got going. He would eventually score 20 of his 38 points in the fourth quarter. There was not a lot the Hawks could do. They, were, they certainly gave Middleton some open looks, but uh, Chris also hit some very contested looks. He wasn't just doing it at the three-point line. He was hitting three-pointers, but he was also getting to the basket for some layups, um, hitting tough shots, tough mid-range shots over John Collins. He just had everything working, and the Hawks had no response. Uh, my biggest thing is, like as much as it was the Bucks taking advantage and having a huge fourth quarter, they only scored 30 points. The big problem for the Hawks is they only scored 17 points in that third quarter. Trey Young clearly wasn't himself after only getting those three points, um, after hitting that three-pointer after coming back into the game. But uh, another interesting thing is uh, John Collins got into foul trouble early in this game. 
Uh, he got his fourth foul early in the third quarter, and McMillan took him out. And then we didn't see John Collins again until in the fourth quarter with about 10 minutes to go at the end of the Hawks' run. Um, to his credit, John played the rest of the game, but you just can't have J.C. not not be playing. J.C. would only end up playing 27 minutes in this game. Of course, a lot of that was his foul trouble, um, but J.C. is too good of a player. Excuse me, he only played 23 minutes. He's too good of a player to even with finishing with five fouls, he didn't end up fouling out, to, to be on the bench for as long as Nate McMillan put him there. And um, this is just a game, if you look at the offensive part of it, at least shooting-wise, the Hawks were, were good. The Hawks shot 39 of 84 from the field for 46%. They shot 15 of 37 from three-point land. That's over 40%. Um, the big area they got dominated by the Bucks is on the rebounding. Once again, the Hawks were out-rebounded by the Bucks. 35 to 50. They're out rebounding on the offensive side of the ball, 9 to 15. And those 15 offensive rebounds turned into tw- uh, 18 second chance points for the Bucks. And it, again, just kills the Hawks to have these really nice defensive possessions. And sometimes it's on long rebounds. Um, obviously, because the Bucks are not shooting the three ball particularly well, they were just 11 of 29 in this game. Um, but to not finish a possession and then for the Bucks to hit a three-pointer, get a second chance. There was one where Middleton got two chances at three-pointers and knocked down the second one. It's brutal for your um, defense to have to do that. But the Hawks just couldn't get enough offensive possessions in this game. And one area, again, that hurt them is on the on the misses that they did have, the Hawks didn't get back. And the Bucks have clearly made it a mission that any time that, that any Hawks player takes a long shot, a three-pointer or a long two, they're going to have whoever's guarding that player just take off. And Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis got uh, John Collins' first um, foul by getting out back behind the Hawks' defense. And it's just giving the Bucks easy points when the Hawks are playing extremely well and have chances to blow this uh, game open. Again, I think 102 points is just way – is not enough. This Hawks team is too explosive, too talented offensively to only be scoring 102 points. And at the end of the game, they had a stretch where they only scored two points in like about the last four minutes of this game. Um, and it really hurts when you don't have Trey Young, but they have other competent – um, offensive players, whether it's getting the ball to John Collins in the post, getting Danilo Gallinari the ball in the post, but they just got to ha- find ways to not go through these long stretches without scoring. It really, um, it really provides the Bucks a cushion that they don't have the pressure on them as quite as much. But uh, at the end of the game, the Hawks had a 95 to 88 lead, and from that point on, the Bucks just went off, and the Hawks really couldn't do anything to stop them. Um, a few other things in this game. I thought Aneka Kongu had a really strong game. He had an alley-oop from Lou Williams, and he clearly got fouled that wasn't called. There was a weird shot where P.J. Tucker tried to throw an alley-oop to Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the ball went into the basket. Um, I, it was clearly an offensive uh, basket interference, and they didn't call it. Um, but this was just a very strangely officiated game. The Hawks would commit more fouls than the Bucks, 22 to 18. Uh, some of those fouls on Giannis were intentional, but the uh, Bucks would go to the free throw line five more times than the Hawks. The Hawks didn't shoot their free throws particularly well. Clint Capella was 0 for 4, and the Hawks were just 9 of 16. Um, but there's all these little areas where the Hawks could have just, you know, a point there 
holding, getting an offensive, getting a defensive rebound and ending a possession there, and they would have won this game. But they came out and they, you know, this was a tie game at halftime. The Hawks were up two going into the fourth quarter, and it took a game where you you got the Chris Middleton game, and we saw this against Philadelphia where they had the Shake Milton and the Tyrese Maxey game. Chris Middleton is a step above both of those two players, but games like this are going to happen, especially when you let them stay close and the Bucks were able to collect the second win in the series against the Hawks. Going through some of these individual performances, you got to start with Trey for the Hawks, 35 points, just four assists, uh, a steal and four turnovers. The Hawks as a team did a much better job passing the ball after just having 13 assists in game two. The Hawks had 20 in this one. And while Trey was held to just four assists, I thought the Hawks as a team did a much better job. Um, again, Trey had 35 points, four assists, and just those four, four turnovers. And he got hurt and really was ineffective after twisting his ankle. So he was on his way to a massive night and still had a massive night. John Collins got to play just 23 minutes. Like I said earlier, he was six of eight from the field. One of two on his three-pointers. He missed both of his free throws late in the game for 13 points. He had eight rebounds, two of them offensive. Five fouls and two turnovers. John Collins is is a walking mismatch for the Hawks in this series. Whether it's P.J. Tucker, whether he gets switched on to um, Drew Holiday, really, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the only player who can um, guard John Collins on the Bucks, and the Hawks need to be taking way more advantage of that. I'd like to see the J.C. get the ball a little bit more. I'd like him to take those three-point shots. You know I'm going to say he needs to get one up a quarter, but uh, John Collins continues to play well in this series. Kevin Herter, 4 of 11, 3 of 7 from the three-point line for 11 points. He had four rebounds. He did have seven assists. It's good to see Red Velvet pick up the assist load here. He had three blocks, no turnovers, and was plus nine. Kevin Herter just continues his stellar um, playoff play. You'd like to see him obviously hit a few more shots. 4 of 11 is tough, but you want Red Velvet to be aggressive. And he is one area of the Hawks that I think when they go through these stretches of really not being able to score, give it to Red Velvet, let him get into the paint and rise over everybody. But um, Kevin Herter continues to play well. Again, those seven assists is huge on a night when Trey Young only has four. Clint Capella was really good early. He was part of those seven fast break points that the Hawks got in the first quarter just because he's running the running so effectively. He was four of seven. Um, he did miss four free throws for eight points. He had 11 boards, six of those offensive, two assists, just three fouls, was plus 11. And strangely, Capella only played 27 minutes um, in this game. I don't know what was going on with Clint Capella. Um, certainly Gallo was cooking a little bit, and Aneka Kongu had one of his better games, but uh, Clint Capella really was doing a nice job on Giannis and was doing a good job in this game in, in particular. Um, both Giannis and Lopez were kind of held in check. Again, you're not going to hold the Greek freak in check, but uh, Lopez was a team low minus 17 for the Bucks, And to hold out Clint Capella, who's clearly, again, one of the positives for the Hawks, is an interesting move by Nate McMillan, and I hope he just goes with Clint Capella more, even if the Bucks are going with a small lineup with Giannis at the five. Bogdan Bogdanovich was 3 of 16, 2 of 10 from his three-point line for eight points. He looked better. It does seem that Bogdanovich is on the upswing now, and he's starting to figure things out, which is really encouraging. He had a big three-pointer um, at the end of a quarter. Just He got put in solely for the offensive possession, and he hit the three-pointer, which was huge. He had two rebounds, three assists, and three steals. He continues to be very good on the def- defensive side of the ball, and at least in terms of getting in passing lanes and stealing the ball. 
Gallo was extremely good offensively. He had 18 points on 7 of 14 shooting, uh, 2 steals, 3 turnovers, but he was a team low minus 18. Gallo does a great job on the offensive end of the court, but he's really got to do a better job of, or at least the Hawks as a team have to do a better job of figuring out how to cover for him on the defensive end because he has no chance against uh, Giannis. That's a matchup I just don't want to see anymore. I don't even really think he has a chance against um, Chris Middleton, but that's a little bit of a better matchup. Uh, it's really his matchup is like with P.J. Tucker, and I think if that's going to be the case, that the Bucks will just take P.J. Tucker off the off the court. But uh, as good as the the Rooster was offensively, I'd like to see him kind of at least play with his minutes a little bit because he is being extremely effective on the offensive side of the ball. His three point shooting is huge. He was two of three on his three pointers in this one, but there's just the combination of the second unit is just not worked out so far, and I'd like to see Nate McMillan be a little bit tighter with all these guys off the bench. He gave Aneka Okongwu a few more minutes. Okongwu played nine minutes in this one. He was two of two from the floor. Again, he had a nice alley-oop from Lou Williams that he got. He clearly got fouled on, and they just didn't call it. Uh, two rebounds, one steal, and one block. He had a beautiful possession on defense where he just stonewalled Giannis and then was able to force a jump ball by getting his hands on the ball. Um, it'll be, again, I think a Kongu is a player who just, as series goes on, he'll play more and more minutes. Um, and hopefully that doesn't eat into John Collins and Clint Capella's time. Lou Williams was one of three from the field. His only make was a three pointer. He did make both of his free throws. He had two rebounds, two assists and one block. Um, again, I think with Lou, it's either it's going there or it's not. He had a pretty strong performance in this one, but I would see, I would like to see, and of course it's tough with Trey Young being hurt kind of limiting lose minutes but i would like to see you know a much you know high energy concentrated version of lou williams than seeing him play 20 minutes i just don't think this is a series you can put lou williams out there for 20 minutes unless the bucks are putting bryn forbes out there for 20 minutes but solid minutes from lou i i'd try to get away from the lou trey young pairing especially against this big bucks team but it was good to see lou out there and then solomon hill he played 20 minutes. He had two rebounds, three fouls in that time. I think it's time to start seeing if uh, Cam Reddish has something. It's just the Bucks are starting to be very smart on who they guard on the defensive side of the ball. And if you have guys who are just not offensive threats like like Solomon Hill, they're just not going to get guarded, and it makes it that much tougher for your offensive players. For the Bucks, starts with the Greek Freak, 33 points on 13 of 21 shooting. He was just 6 of 13 from the free throw line. The Hawks fans in attendance did a nice job of counting out any time he got the ball the free throw line and it clearly affected him after shooting so well up in milwaukee he was clearly bothered by the count in atlanta he did it of 11 rebounds and four assists um, again i thought the hawks did a much better job on his uh, screen and rolls defending him rolling to the basket clint capella had a couple of really nice tips and it was good to see the hawks defending that a little bit better chris middleton just got on fire in the fourth quarter he was hitting everything. It was automatic. It, it was extremely special to watch. He was 15 of 26 from the field, 38 points. He had 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He just got going. I think, really, Kevin Herter is the only Hawk that can do a solid job on Middleton. Solomon Hill does a fine job as well, but um, the Hawks have to make sure that they run guys off the line, and that includes Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday finally had his dud of the se- series. He was 2 of 11 from the field for 6 points. He had 12 assists. Lopez was not quite as effective as he's been. He was minus 17, the plus minus, had 10 points, three rebounds. P.J. Tucker had three rebounds and two fouls. 
I don't understand how he ever has a game where he has below four fouls, but whatever. And then Bobby Portis came in off the bench and had 15 points, another area where the Hawks can try to exploit on the offensive side of the ball, and they just really need to do a better job of guarding uh, Bobby Portis. This was a brutal loss. The Hawks had a very big opportunity to, to get a 2-1 series lead after this one. They came out with the definitely the right set of energy. They were playing much better, and this looked like an even series. So uh, much like the 76er series where the Hawks won the first game and lost the first two, they're going to have to regroup, and game four becomes a must-win for the Hawks. It would be tough to win three games in a row against the Bucks. so they really need to come out, play with that same energy that they had in the first quarter of this one, and really do a better job of holding on to that lead. As a young team, they've really built their uh, reputation on coming back, on being down and being able to come back and and get wins, and it'd be really encouraging to see them get a lead and hold on to it for an entire game. But uh, just really good game from the Hawks, at least to start this one, exactly the response you'd want to see early on, and just a really tough, tough loss at the end of this game. You 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 have games where, uh, guys like Chris Middleton, who was just named to the Olympic team, are going to have days they go off for 20, but you got to come back and be better. Again, one of the big things I liked in this game is after a game of 13 assists, the Hawks found a way to have 20 in this one. But the Hawks play the Bucks for Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals on Tuesday. They will be wearing their MLK jerseys on the MLK court, and the Kettlecast will be here to talk about and recap that game after that. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at KettleCast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or a review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that's a huge help to the KettleCast. Go Hawks!